Welcome to Curious Pete. I'm your host, Peter Winkler, and today I sit down with David DJ Roy, a Canadian comedian from Toronto. We talk about his story as a comedian, his stage show, That Filthy Show, and Dave gives me some advice about his time in the adult film industry. All I can say is forget the asparagus and grab more cheesecake. If you want to know what the hell that means, listen in on today's episode. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, yeah. Did you, is this uh, just audio or video also? Uh, might be a bit of both. That's okay, right. I can go up on the audio or video. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there I am. There you are. There we are. Second. Hey. Hey. Let's go. How's it going? Yeah. All right, I just got to do some shameless self-promotion for my own show. There you go. Straighten it out. There it is. A little shameless self-promotion. You know how it is. All right. There we go. All right. <laughs> okay. I swear it's only six in the afternoon. I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, but, and like, uh, this is my setup when I do my own show <laughs> at uh, my studio. Ta-da. So Pete, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good, man. How are you? Uh, not bad. It's been winter's coming to an end in Canada, and you're in Australia, right? Yeah. So you don't understand how important it is when you see the snow go bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm from. Uh, I'm originally from Montana, so like uh, you know, it's like six to nine months of absolute uh, garbage weather. You know. Yes. You understand. Yeah. It's just brutal. And now it's coming to an end. And even though we're still in lockdown, we still can't do anything. So it's kind of like, great, it's nice outside, but we can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's how it is. I mean, you can wear shorts. I mean, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> hmm. um, well, All right, so what's the usual format? Well, I just sort of uh, just start talking and then uh, and then I kind of edit it later and then we um, have a podcast, really. So you told me here that you sent me some interesting things on your on your uh, <laughs> on Instagram and okay. I kind of want to follow up on that. Uh, so right. let's uh, let's let's first get into um, a few things. Start start people off a bit easy, I guess. Um, okay. So I guess start off uh, so you've been what you, you've been a comedian for a while is that right oh yeah uh over two decades okay great how did you how did you get into that comedy um on dare uh i used to run a little record label that was going nowhere um we we're doing a show where it was uh i had three bands it was like live techno music kind of stuff hmm. And uh, I booked a little bar. Wait, what year is this? What year is this? Oh, God. Uh, 99? 98, 99? Okay, yeah. Because I hear techno, and I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be 90 sometimes for sure. Well, it was live PA. It was like bring the studio equipment on stage with us and recreate the song live. 
Mm. Right. Ah, so it was the yeah. beginning of that, and it's nothing to the technology of today. So it was a lot of logistic nightmare. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we were in this little show, and uh, one band pulled a no show, another band showed up kind of drunk and was like, no condition to perform. Mm. And the third band's like, uh, pay us everything or we're not performing. And at this point, I was like, fuck it, I'm done. So I went on stage to cancel the show. And I just got ripped into like the music industry and the whole the whole thing, the business, uh, everything going on in my life. And the bartender's like, that was hilarious. Come do this comedy open mic night. And so I went, did the, the open mic bombed horribly bombed but got hooked and started going out to open mics and honestly for the first year and a a bit i can honestly say with pride i sucked i bombed continuously i learned like i just learned from every bomb Mm. and then uh for a little bit i was in door-to-door sales and that helped my comedy a lot yeah. You know, A, take a rejection, B, uh, intro, short story, three sizzle, closer, rehash. So mm. it kind of gave me a format to write my material. Mm. And then I started, uh, yeah, going, hitting strong, getting better, doing okay. And then uh, I, I started off in Toronto and then SARS hit Toronto. It became scary. So I moved out to Vancouver in BC and stayed there for 14, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was a good life. Yeah. And then what, what, uh, so, so wait, so you, so you went to Vancouver for, for 15, 14 years. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. 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 And then I hitchhiked across Canada. Don't do that. It's very docile. What do you the mean? The prairies are scary. Like in what way? Oh God. Um, okay. So, I had enough money to get to Winnipeg. And for those who don't know Canada, that is like the the shithole of Canada is Winnipeg. Sorry, Winnipeg. It's true. Accept it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And I ran out of money. And so I just basically hit the Trans-Canada Highway and hitchhiked. And like, I'm hitchhiking across the prairies. And there's like, I think outside Moose Jaw, was it? Outside Moose Jaw, I'm walking for like three hours and it dawns on me it's been an hour and a bit since I've seen a car. Wow. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to die out here and no one's ever going to notice. What's the name of this town right? again? Like Moose Jaw? That's like the most Canadian Moose town I've Jaw. ever heard. <laughs> yeah, Canadian oh, it gets worse. They've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, and you know what? It's, yeah, it's Moose Jaw. It's <laughs> one of those highlights on your Canadian comedy tour which drives you to drink <laughs> will be yeah. the main reason why you're bitter and angry is like performing in Moose Jaw. Oh, and the other ones, Red Deer is actually, honestly, Red Deer, my gig in Red Deer was fun, but um, it was like, you know, when, I don't know if you do comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, well, okay. I don't think you I know even when they're laughing. We got like Moose Jaw, Red Deer. Is there like a blue raccoon coming up soon or what? Like, is every time no, no, no. there's worse. <laughs> Pretty 
pretty much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we made this car. What are we going to call it? Well, there's a red deer over there, eh? Why yeah. do we call it that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's how Canada was discovered. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, so I hitchhiked across Canada, settled in Vancouver, stayed there for like 14 years, um, toured the whole West Coast, went to LA for a while, back and forth with comedy. And then my life took a really un unusual turn. And I, I found myself in the adult film industry. Okay, so okay, so no one, no one just, no one just finds themselves in the adult film industry. There, there's a series of steps you have to take to get to that, for sure. Yes. Here's a series of steps. I did a comedy show. Comedy got me into porn. Um, <laughs> I was doing a show about how Ron Jeremy is my hero, right? And, you know, like, he's, he's not the most attractive man in the world, so I still have hope. <laughs> and then uh, some guy came up to me after the show and gave me a card. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, big joke. We made some jokes about it. I'm going to be the next big rock porn star, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, I, I took the card. I called him up. And I was like, dude, thanks. It was funny, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, serious. I'm on these sites. So I went and checked out the sites. And sure enough, there he is. He's like, go get your paperwork done and then call me back. Like my STIs, like oh, right. okay. STDs, yeah. make sure I'm clean, right? I got those back. I call him up on a Saturday after a day of drinking. After like drinking Friday night, call him up Saturday. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, here's my address. I'm hungover and horny. <laughs> and I'm hungover and horny. And he's like, go shower and shave. And we'll come pick you up. So with an hour later, or like a half hour of me calling them, they came, picked me up. I hit the car and I'm like, so is this close enough? He's like, not there, you idiot. <laughs> Shaving down below. <laughs> so um, within an hour of them picking me up, I kind of come to out of my drunken haze and I'm fucking in the middle of the gangbang. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. What's with the camera? Why is there all these guys? Who the fuck is she? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then nine months after that, I'm organizing and running the shit. Oh, I thought you were going to say I nine just, months after that, you have a child. And I was like, well, look at that. <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like, that was my introduction. And then I did a couple other scenes and um, things snowballed because I kind of, started asking questions about the equipment yeah. and they're like, Oh, Hey, this guy has a head on his shoulders. So I started getting into the production crew. Oh, and, right. uh, so what you were filming it or, or were you, were you, what were you doing? Producer. Producer. Uh, well, my main, my, my thing I love to do the most was pre-production, like find shoot, find location, find talent, organize what's going on that day. And then I would go there and I was mostly pictures mm -hmm. and uh, administration. And another guy, Rami, I worked with was video. So we made a good team. We would, you know, run shit, organize it, set up the lights, set up the uh, screen. Because again, let's just say our budgets were very, very limited. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. limited budget. So it's, 
make do. We all took different hats. There wasn't a big set crew. There wasn't like a boom operator. It was just basically me and Rami and a pizza box to write our scripts on. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. like, all right, we want you to say this and this and this, and you're going to forget all this. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah, was, that's the I guess that makes sense because when you look at most porn, you're like, who produced this? Was this script written on a pizza box or something? Yeah, and, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it like, seems that way. Uh, my thing was, uh, I would do the intros to the girls. You know, the guy holding the camera going, hi, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. All right, bring in male talent. And mm -hmm. da, da, da. Oh, so wait, so it was like a casting couch kind of a situation or what? Well, we ran a whole bunch of different series. Um, a lot of us, we were farmed out by other websites to produce content. Mm, so okay. it'd be like, um, it'd be like a company in LA needs to fill a dozen shoots. And let's call it MILF, MILF something, blah, blah, blah. And uh, our, our scene or our industry in Vancouver, we had three MILFs, so we could shoot three of them. And then another scene in Toronto might have like six MILFs, so they'd shoot six. And then someone in like Montreal might find two or three MILFs that speak decent English and then shoot them. <laughs> so wait, so how would you find said MILFs? Oh, um, we, in Vancouver, we were big enough that we had, uh, we called it like it was a casting website. So girls who wanted to get in the industry would be put on this website and we'd pick them or pick uh, what fit the description we're looking for and then contact them oh, or right, contact okay. the website and the website would contact them. Oh, okay. So it was like there was a bunch of people who already registered themselves with like an agency and you just say yeah, this is what we're we looking for. A, before the 2008 crash, yeah, we had a pretty decent industry going. Yeah. So okay. So how much how much would it cost to hire um, a milf? <laughs> for a show? Oh man, it varies. Like, are we talking just a straight boy girl scene? I don't know. Let's let's do the range. Like, what what's what's the range that 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 uh, oh. you you go from from the very like basic to like milfs on parade? All right. Uh, well, let's just call it talent. Because, okay. you know, it, pretty much the prices are across the board. Okay. Um, open for talent would be, uh, okay, simple so solo shoot, taking pictures, 100 bucks. Um, solo with toys, 150. Um, a blowjob scene, probably 200. Um, boy girl scene, we're talking like, three to three to four, 400, three to 400. And if it was more than that, it would go like, if you're adding anal, add some money. And that from there on in, it was negotiable. Mm, okay. And like gangbang shoots, which we shot a lot of, the feature um, talent would get like a thousand and support talent would get like four, 400. You're right. So then how would you, how would you make your money doing this? It was, you said it was from 
getting uh, other websites that were kind of contracting out the work or yeah. would you produce your own stuff and then make um, that? Honestly, both. Uh, the, the bread and butter was contract work from LA and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can pick up some quick money. Like you take the money you made from the contract work to start your own sites. Mm. Some would go, some wouldn't. So give or take. Mm -hmm. How much would they, mean, how much do they pay you for, for something like that? Like to kind of produce a, I guess, I, I guess that would be a range as well. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Like probably two grand per shoot. Okay. And how, how long would a shoot take? Would that be like a day or a couple of days or? Um, in theory, it should take four hours if you're organized and know what the hell you're doing. Mm. Sometimes it would take all day. Like talent would show up late. Oh, yeah. Makeup artists. Um, actually, honestly, makeup artists were the only ones that showed up on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time hanging out with makeup artists waiting for people to show up. Mm. But yeah, yeah, so if talent doesn't show up, if you're not prepared, if you, you know. Yeah. You don't have guess, shit together. It's going to take all day. Yeah. So I guess but, that makes sense. I guess that makes sense why you were late today. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, actually, I use um, StreamYard. So Zoom's new to me. And I'm like, okay, Stream is this Yard. working? Is this button what's, working? Is this button working? What's StreamYard? StreamYard's like Zoom. Yeah. Is but, it better? Um, I like it because uh, it's like for a live broadcast. Uh, okay. So I broadcast this show live. Yeah. And uh, so like on the side here would be a bunch of people that tuned in and can comment. Uh, okay. 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 Well, let me write so, this down. It was, what's it called again? Stream? What? Stream yard. But it's only, um, you're only allowed like three guests at once. So where Zoom comedy shows and all that, there's like a hundred comics trying to all speak at once. <laughs> yeah. Which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, StreamYard is kind of a little more just for live broadcasting. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's good. Uh, uh, I'll probably check that out. I'm always on the search for uh, new and better. No offense, Zoom. Um, no, no it seems like every episode I'm like having to say no offense to somebody. In this case, it's Zoom. Yeah. Um, the uh, main issue I've been trying to find is like audio quality that you can record from. I got a good microphone, but it doesn't record it. You know, when we're doing this, I have to record it on the side and through a different program. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, some technical blah, blah, blah. But um, but that's so interesting, man. Like talking about the adult industry, because I never really met anybody who's been in it before. I uh, I had a friend of mine who went to uh, do a trial. Did He did like a tryout one time and he and he couldn't he couldn't get it up was was the problem. You know, that happens more than you think. So what, so, so what do you do for that? Like you just, cause I mean, Viagra, like, I mean, it's, it only really works if you're into it, I guess. Um, honestly, from my first time, if I wasn't like so hungover and not really with it and mm -hmm. didn't overthink it, you know, like a lot of guys they'll show up and they overthink it and they yeah. fantasize uh, yeah. and they get like kind of in, into their head. And they start doubting themselves. So once you start doubting yourself in your head, everything else is just like not into it. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm like telling guys like, relax, ignore the fact that we're here with a camera. Talk to the model, get to know each other a little bit and build um, a little rapport, a little relationship. But then again, on the other side, I've seen females sabotage the shoot on purpose so they can get paid. Wait, like you how know, so? Like, like they, what do they do? Like undermine the guy, um, <laughs> undermine the male talent, uh, just real like um, discouraging, mean kind of thing. But then again, uh, if you get a reputation of doing that to your, to your male talent a lot, no one's going to work with you. Yeah. So you're sabotaging yourself. Right. Yeah. Because let me explain yeah. uh, three people getting to porn. One is the, uh, the ones that really enjoy sex and just, hey, I can make a dollar from this? Done. Right. And the others are like business plan. Or no, the others are, uh, I need money now. You know, landlord at the front door drug dealer at the back door. I owe everyone money. I want to make money now. Mm. And those people are the nightmare to work with. And the mm -hmm. third are the people who want to make a career of it, who want the book deal, the movie deal, their own website, uh, a name, want to go to ABNs and shit like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first two, first one and for uh, one and three are awesome to work with. The middle one can, because they're, they'll cost you more money than they're worth. Why is that? They just like you know, cause drama or something. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, like they just bring drama with them. No mm. matter where they go, they're just dramatic. And yeah. it costs you money, it costs you shoots. Um, yeah, it's it's a nightmare sometimes. Yeah. How do you, I mean, there's got there's probably like a process I'd imagine to like vet something like the, the, you know, people like that to make sure that they're not coming in into the the shoot or something i don't know what you well, could do maybe ask for a bank statement <laughs> even, yeah even though it's a big scene like it was an industry it was a small scene mm. so word traveled fast oh right so okay, if one producer had a problem with someone another producer like they tell all the other producers like hey i'm not going to tell you what to do but let's just say she's having to my suit yeah or the male talent would be like yeah, I did. I had a nightmare with this person, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, word gets around quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And um, so are, are you still doing that? Are you still uh, doing any adult industry stuff no. or what? No, you guys stop paying for it. <laughs> what do you mean? So, well, porn's free now. So you guys stop paying for it. They stop paying me to make it. <laughs> so, so now it's just comedy. Which is Wait, so, but I mean, like those sites, I mean, because new porn's still coming out. So I mean, like, you, you, so I've heard. <laughs> so the. Uh... Yeah, but the question is, is, look at the quality of the new porn coming out. Like, OK, Hustler, Vivid, um, major, major players in the industry are surviving. But like. Little shops that like little cities like our scene. Drew, uh, dried up because mm. you're competing with a a market crash b um free porn like uges and Pornhub and all them and 18 year old girls with a camcorder mm -hmm. you know okay. now webcam models mm. yeah and most 
And webcam modeling is like a needle in a haystack. You really got to stand out and build your market. Mm. Like you really got to know what you're doing. It's not like, hey, I'm a camcorder. I'm a cute 18 year old girl. Why ain't I rich now? Yeah. Because everywhere you look, there's, you know, the same thing over and over and over. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So um, I, I I definitely want to talk about other stuff as well. But uh, like, I, I just want to keep diving deep into this a little bit, you know, a little further. Um, Dude, just because I, do I don't have the opportunity normally. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. So uh, uh, sometimes you hear about like, uh, you know, with like craft services and stuff, like how people will say, I heard that they said, oh, you know, asparagus is not allowed on the set of uh, any porn site. What's uh? Is there any food that's banned or anything like that? Uh, well, asparagus. Um, let's just say if you hate your female model, eat all the asparagus you can. <laughs> um, well, okay. When it comes to craft services, um, some producers, like one guy I worked with, just didn't think about it and would always order pizza, and then wondering why after everyone eats they're not motivated, you know, like you're eating pizza, you have this belly full of grease and now you got to fuck, fuck. No. <laughs> right. So one company, another company I worked with was smart and they always brought in like subs and like vegetables and like um, veggie trays and cheese platters and all that. Mm. And so the models were like a lot of protein shakes. Mm. <laughs> Because yeah. you you're you're spending protein and you need protein in it. <laughs> so yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In so yeah, news. that there, there yeah. was that. Yeah. Okay. Pineapple and and uh pineapple for the taste and smell and uh cheesecake for the thickness of the money shot. Really? Cheesecake makes a yeah. thicker cheesecake, batter. A lot of protein. Yeah. <laughs> is this like an instant? One guy who was like, do you have to like eat it like 24 hours before or something? Um, I don't know, but one guy we worked with, Jojo, and that's his stage name, so I can say it. Um, okay. Jojo, we're like, Jojo, what the fuck? And you're like, what's up with your lows? What the fuck? And he's like, cheesecake. I eat cheesecake all the time the night before a shoot. Uh... And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. And so all the guys started eating cheesecake. <laughs> steak, they'd have a steak dinner and a cheesecake at dessert. And yeah, that was it. Interesting. But, I never heard that before. Yeah, it I blew me away too. Like the, ste uh, the steak, I understand because it adds a lot of protein mm -hmm. and uh, gives the energy. But the cheesecake blew me away. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, why not? Okay. So yeah, yeah. I I run a whole TED talk about this, like a whole show a show called Behind the Smut, yeah, where I tell stories about my days in the biz, and then have like a short Q and A period. And some of the questions I get, I'm like, okay, where did you come up with that question? And I destroy guys' dreams. <laughs> like, just, like they're you. like so, but. Oh, like they're oh, yeah. like, yeah, the girls like the rough stuff. And I'm like, no, man, this is where acting comes in. 
<laughs> yeah, if anybody's ever had a girlfriend, you realize that no one really enjoys that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. No. Like, I mean, I remember one time we were doing uh with a girl, and I'm gonna drop some names here. Uh Vandal Vixen. Google her, she's hot, punky and hot. Um <laughs> We're doing, a, a, we call it cherry bottom, where I'd spank her ass, right? And make it all red. But once the camera was on her face, I'm slapping my arm and still making the same sound. Oh, right. You know, so she give her butt a rest. Yeah. Right. So I'm slapping my arm. I'm slapping my chest. I'm even slapping my own ass to get the sound. <laughs> and then uh, I, it's supposed to be like, she's in pain. So she's like, Ugh like has the look of in pain but right. then she's reaching around grabbing my ass squeezing it while i'm spanking hers and she's like honestly she's fucking having a field day she's loving it like <laughs> not she's loving the fact that i'm slapping my own arm mm. and giving her a break and all that yeah but yeah like yeah. When, when you have talent that magic. get along and are very playful it's a fun day yeah yeah oh interesting and then have there ever been any mishaps uh, with the cameraman? Like, uh, for example, uh, uh, I mean, does the cameraman need to wear a poncho? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Oh, you mean once you learn how to work the camera with your left hand? <laughs> I guess so. I don't, well, I don't know. Or is there just like a camera guy just like, hey, my name's Bob and no one knows who I am. And I just, you know, shooting, shooting uh, again, people. We were a small scene. So we knew everybody's part. And honestly, when I worked the camera, I didn't even notice the sex. Because I'm more like, all right, I'm not tripping over anything or anybody. Everybody's in the scene. Everybody's in frame. All right, lights good. Okay. Mm. Am I getting the shot? Am I getting this? I'm like, my mind is so elsewhere. Like, my mm. mind is on like a million different things. And so getting aroused by what, what I'm shooting was the last thing on my mind. You yeah. know, like, I'm like, everybody's in frame. I got focus, light balanced or white balanced. Is there anything under my feet? Am I tripping over anything? You know, that that's what's going on in the, 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 the camera guy's head. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Is there, um, uh, so, so basically if I were to Google you and type in porn afterwards, like, oh, like, like <laughs> what, what will come up? All right. Uh, oh, God. Okay. A, I don't think much is going to come up because of male talent. If you Googled tree in porn, it would have more credits than me. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tree or plant in porn would have more credits than me. Mm. But if you Google David DJ Roy, uh, a lot of my story slams, comedy, and that, but if you do a DJ, uh, David DJ Roy porn, I think behind my smut episodes would come up. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah, that Which makes um, is my TED talk about porn. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a few moments to say that if you're enjoying this episode, I could really use your support. Become a Curious Pete patron for as little as $5 a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash Curious Pete for exclusive bonuses early access to future episodes, monthly AMAs, merchandise, and more. Your support of the podcast will go towards booking more studio time, upgrading our studio equipment, and marketing to reach out to new and interesting guests. 
Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Curious Pete. And now, back to the episode. I've come across myself. It was like... What, accidentally? Yeah. And like, so is my friends. And like, the best one was one of my friends. um, I'm going to drop his name. Jai Harris, who's another comedian in Canada. Mm. I dropped, I, I showed up to Yuck Yucks one day and he's looking at me and he can't, like, he can't talk to me. He's, he's trying to. And then his girlfriend's like, yeah, he was surfing porn and you came up. And now since then, he's been very dramatically crushed. And like, he's afraid that your face is going to pop up in every porn <laughs> from now on. It's like, gotcha. <laughs> And you're like, like, you're just right at that moment. You're right at that moment. I'm like, you know, <laughs> and you're like, no, let's just say I've destroyed some friends fantasies. <laughs> Got there first, motherfucker. <laughs> Bingo. Ah! <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah I've, I've, yeah. I've had people Google me. Some shit that used to come up would have been uh comeunderface.com, which is a website I work for. Like a lot. Yes, I know. We're very, it's, there's no mystery of what it is, right? Um, it's a bakaki sheet. And uh, I did a lot of intros for them because I was a comedian and I was good with the camera. Yeah. So I'd be like, hi, and welcome to bakaki. This is our talent today. And do the interview before all the guys are like, let's get naked and fuck her. Um, <laughs> oh, is that a thing? Is that what they do? It's like a, it sounds like it's like a game show or something. That's how I worked it. Yeah. You know, like we had, uh, we had spin the bottle cough. Like we had these theories, like Jello wrestling cough, um, skiing cough, uh, Halloween cough, Christmas cough, like all these football cough. We just would come up with these weird concepts before a gangbang. It's not just, hey, here's a chick and a bunch of dudes. We'd have like a thing, like yoga cough was hilarious. Because every guy tried to do yoga and just didn't. <laughs> you know, it was like, we don't stretch that way. We don't do that. I love how you're abbreviating uh, come on her face, cough. Is, is, I'm assuming yeah, well, that's, that's how we called it. It was cough. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it's so funny, but it is. It's funny, you know? And if and if you know, anybody who's listening doesn't find it funny, well, this isn't the podcast for you. I don't know. You know, I think everything is funny. Honestly? Um, I would love to do a TV show about my life in porn because it was just surreal, hilarious, and so unexpected. Mm. Like just some of the shit that would come up, you're just like, what? Like I'll tell you one shoot we had. One shoot I was talent on this uh, shoot and uh, I was dating the girl. Well, actually I wasn't even supposed to be talent that day. I'm just dating the girl they booked. And we're going to go, we had a hotel room, but the producer showed up late. We lost the hotel room. So now we're driving like two hours out of Toronto to go shoot somewhere. And uh, basically to get his location, he called up his friend who called up all of his friends saying, oh, there's shooting a porn at my house today. So when I show, we show up, and the producer, again, quotation marks, producer 
was also going to be the male talent. And he got cold feet and was like, Deej, can you perform today? I mean, I can't really pay you, but can you do it? And so the girls I was with were like, Deej, we'll pay you out of our own pocket. We'd rather work with you than him because we mm. know you. We know you're clean. We know you've been tested, blah, blah, blah. So when we showed up, there was 15 drunk college kids at this house who are now about to watch a porn in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> so imagine being a comic dealing with hecklers. Now imagine being a porn star comic dealing with 15 drunk college kids heckling while you're working. Jesus. Yeah. And like most guys, like I can be a porn star. And I'm like, if you can do that, you can be a porn star. Yeah. And let's just say job got done. Job got done. Yeah. Good job, man. High five. Job got done. <laughs> Old, but got done. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that like? So like while, while the shoot's going on, people are just like, what? Cause it's like a party scene. I'm assuming. Is that, is that what the, the shoot was? No, it wasn't a party scene. It was just the guys who owns the house called all of his drunk friends. Oh, well, that's not I cool. said, come on over, they're shooting a porn. And then, so we showed up to like a house full of people and we're like, what the fuck? And that's when the producer got cold feet. Oh, okay. I see, I see. He was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta step in. So, I mean, like, was it, was it in front of all of them? Like, were they all watching in a room or something or what? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It was a kitchen slash open like living room concept. So they're on the kitchen, supposed to shut the fuck up, but they're like heckling. Partying. Yeah. And I'm like, fine, I'm heckling back. So like I'm treating so, it like a goddamn space show. <laughs> so how so how did the shoot end in, at, at the end? How did they work that into the story? It's just like how do you work a, a bunch of drunk college people into the scene? Honestly. I don't even think this guy um, finished or edited the shoot because it was a clusterfuck. Oh, right. Okay. It was a gong show. Yeah. I've never seen anything or heard anything about it. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah. He, he was one of those guys I would call a welfare Hugh Hefner who <laughs> wants to be rich off the porn industry but doesn't know what he's doing. Never oh. done one before. Never worked in the industry. He's like... I got a welfare check. I'm going to rent a camcorder from Best Buy and I'm going to make I'm going to make millions off of porn. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It was okay. one of those guys. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. The um yeah. uh did any of the I wonder if any of the the uh drunk college students got uh into the scene because I remember like when I was a a college student, I was like the most awkward human being ever. I couldn't imagine me being at like a party uh, with porn going on because I'd be sitting there with my little red solo cup, like with my shoulders all together, being like, <sighs> you know, just watching. And people like, get the fuck out of the scene, you weirdo. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's how it was. It was just like, yeah. they were awkward. So they started making fun of me, not knowing I'm a fucking comedian that opens up for punk bands. So I'm like, Oh, you little girls want to do this? Done. And I just started ripping them apart. Well, I'm like literally getting a blowjob. I'm ripping them apart. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably why they never produced that probably as well. They're like, who the hell is he talking to? 
yeah, that too. <laughs> like all of a sudden, you know, hot, sexy, sexy. Oh, really sunshine, tiny tits there. You want to come fucking do this? Didn't think so. You might need a step stool. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What an interesting experience that would have been. So wait, so how long, how long in, oh, yeah. in, in total were you, uh, were you in the adult industry? How many years? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, right. Up till uh, 2013. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was pretty much like there is shooting going on, but it's nothing like before. Okay. I got you. Like I could go to Montreal and shoot, but then I got to learn French. And I'm having a hard enough time with English, so. <laughs> That's such a weird thing, isn't it, with Montreal? Like, I've, I, it's, you're in a, it's Canada, but no one speaks English in Another Montreal? Country. Like, it's all French? Well, they do, but um, the Montreal porn industry is mainly the hub for all of the French-speaking world. Okay. Right? Like, because they speak French, so um, some places in Africa buy shit from Montreal, <laughs> France buys shit from Montreal. Uh, where they speak French, Montreal is where they're getting their porn from. Because oh. Montreal, I don't know, have you ever been to Montreal? I never have, no. I've, I've always wanted to. Okay, then uh, I heard about the, Fran the French situation, but I, I, mean, I mean, I've been to other countries before. but <laughs> It's Walt Disney for alcoholics. Like the bars are open late. Oh. One street is just basically bars and strip clubs. Mm. So, you know, you fall into one strip club, you fall into another strip club. Oh, yeah. And so there's a lot of good looking, hot women who are in the sex trade. So for them to go from stripping to making porn or webcamming is no big step. Right. So th that's where the industry in Montreal is still shooting, mm -hmm. but they're all shooting for the French speaking world. Yeah. Yeah. Like some places in Africa, some mm -hmm. place. Is there any in South America that speak French? No, Portuguese and Spanish, uh, France, uh, some, yeah. European countries that still speak French. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. so you're in, but you're in Toronto now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So what brought you back to Toronto altogether? Um, this is where it gets sad. I had to take care of my dad because my dad got old, got sick. So I moved back to take care of him. And then he passed away like a year later after I got back. Yeah, right. And I can't afford to move back to Vancouver because it's a little pricey. Just a little. Yeah. Vancouver's and, crazy uh, expensive. Yeah. Stupid expensive. And like, yeah. like the place I was living, I've been there for like eight years. So mm -hmm. um, my rent wasn't like my rent was affordable mm -hmm. but then the landlord was trying to kick everyone out so we can jack up the rent and uh, so yeah now i live in ontario yeah okay so uh, okay so you live in ontario yeah like near toronto ontario is the province oh yeah okay. uh, yeah toronto i live like 40 minutes outside of toronto okay yeah yeah i spoke to um another comedian out in toronto uh maybe two weeks ago I don't, I don't know if you've okay. heard of him. His name is Mike, Mike Hardy. Um, I think I know him, yeah. Yeah. And he was telling me that it's a, it's a pretty, um, I guess, lockdown situation where you guys are, isn't it? Like, yeah. And yeah. mostly pretty difficult like to do stay, comedy. 
oh, comedy is like non-existent right now. Mm. Uh, honestly, I have a bunch of comics who want to start shows, but we have to wait for the lockup to lighten up mm. and to find out which venues survived. Yeah. Like, because bars are closing left, right, and center because it's like, well, it's, I'm paying rent on a place that's not open and I'm not getting any customers. So I'm closing the bar down, selling it off. Mm. Yeah. So we got to wait to find out who's still open after all this. Yeah. You know, it happened in, uh, in Brisbane, in Australia. And I, um, there was this one uh, sort of, I guess one comedy club sort of had like a monopoly on all the venues. So they were just renting out rooms in different bars and pubs. And yeah. then uh, after the lockdowns, uh, they kind of stopped doing their shows there. But and then so the venues are then open to anyone to take. And yeah. now you have all these different types of uh, new venues popping up all over the place, which is actually really nice to see because you're not just dealing with like just one, you know, yeah, group because if one group sucks or if you fall out with them you know you have the ability to kind of go on and do something else uh or yeah. go somewhere else which is which is quite nice um but so but you're telling me about uh i'm just i just keep looking at this sign on the wall the, that filthy show so that's i guess i'd imagine that's still going on now right um i okay what is it's it what is the filthy show, show? Uh, that, that Philly show, I started in 2014. Um, long story short, in the Vancouver comedy scene, I kind of had a blowout with them. And uh, a lot of shit went down in my life. And I found myself in a shelter. Oh, and um, I know it was, it was brutal. It was bad. And then I was like, fuck comedy. Fuck this. Fuck. I don't want to live. I don't care anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And then one of my friends kind of was like, go check out this music open mic at a pub called Pub 340, which like where they throw a lot of punk shows and stuff. Mm. So I went to the music open mic and I was like, yeah, I'm a comedian. And he's like, oh, really now? Good luck with that tonight because it's a rough room. Mm. And so I went and did my set again, heckled, 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 um, held my ground. People laugh. The host after afterwards, the host is like, "Okay, you are coming back, right? Because you were good. You're the only comic we've had to, that survived this room." And then after a while of doing that, um, he's like, "I'm going to give you a night to run your own show, your own comedy show." So mm-hmm. that filthy show was born. But like after a while of doing comedy, I started adding guys with guitars doing dirty songs. Mm-hmm. and then I added and people showed up and then I added a burlesque act at the end more people showed up and then eventually when I got on weekend shows I added a band at the end and the place was packed so it was like comedy burlesque and um and and punk bands nice so great idea yeah and so we built that and then that kind of stopped um shortly before I, w- I had to come back and take care of my dad. Mm-hmm. So I started doing some here that weren't as good. And then the pandemic and lockdown hit. So I started uh, doing a live stream just to see how it goes. It was just me interviewing 
burlesque performers, comics. I've had a couple of uh, makeup artists. Um, I'll interview anyone, kind of like your show, where it's yeah. like, I'll interview anyone as long as they're twisted, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, now I'm starting season three on March 22nd. Shameless oh. self-plug. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, I know. I love to like uh, uh, plug other people's shows as well because um, I the struggle is real. I'll tell you what, you know, for everybody. <laughs> Yeah. See, I kind of want to turn this into a, like a talk show. That's yeah. live. Yeah. You know, like if things come back, if I can find a venue, we have like just twisted things, a band, kind of like a filthy Arsenio Hall show or a filthy night late show. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I like it. That's a, that's a, that's a great idea. So it'd be, but it'd be all live on uh, on stage. Is is that the idea? Yeah. yeah. Because honestly, doing the bands um, and doing all the, the live, the show, that filthy show live, I kind of like the something being thrown from left field and you got to deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. like just weird shit going down. Yes, sometimes it's very stressful, but it's also very fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, so that's the fun part, isn't it? it? Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll happen soon enough. Yeah. Um, the uh things once things got um sort of settled down in australia it took about i think in like june is when things started opening up again um last year and then it wasn't until mm, i would say maybe like september or october so it doesn't it doesn't take that long it's just a maybe like a six month you know once everything is settled then it takes about six months for things to bounce back and then I think you'll be uh, this, summer that, this summer that passed, um, Ontario was open again. Hmm. But it was like limited capacity, like half capacity for clubs and, and bars and all that. And so shows were kicking open again. Hmm. And then come um, middle of November, we're locked down, stay at home again. Pretty much through the whole Christmas until now. Was that just because it was like, like flu you know, season or did, were there like, was there an outbreak or what? Uh, outbreak, flu season. Hmm. Like basically they started um, closing shit down mid-November because the numbers were going high. And then right after Christmas, numbers peaked through the roof because everybody did yeah. Christmas dinner together. Yeah, of course. And then they kind of, they're dropping, but... Our vaccine rollout is not fast enough to get everybody yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out and see what happens. Um, yeah. And hopefully uh, the, uh, you know, that filthy show will get on stage. I would like to, uh, in the future, I would like to come down and uh, check it out for myself if you get it coming, uh, if you get it going on, because... Uh, I, I definitely need to go out and travel again. <laughs> and um, so it's on my list to get out to, you know, the, to Ontario and see that part of Canada. Cause I had, cause you know, the part that I'm from uh, in Montana, you know, I just was dealing with people from Alberta. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Alberta. Kinda, I love Alberta, but they're interesting. It's like, it's, it's just like a like it, it, as soon as you enter Canada from Montana, you, there's not much. It's just like prairie and grassland for a long time until you hit Calgary, 
and then Calgary seemed kind of a sleepy town to me. And then um, keep on going up north, keep on going, going, going. And then what do you hit Edmonton? And then, yep. and then that's about it. It seems, you know. Well, if you get a chance, definitely go to Vancouver. Yeah. Because it's very beautiful. Yeah, but I spent some time in really Vancouver. Expensive. It's good. Mm-hmm. I spent some yeah. time in Vancouver. I was uh, I was supposed to go to uh, a film school there actually originally, and then um, yeah. decided decided uh, to stay in Montana for some reason. But here we are. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, when you go to like, and if you come to Toronto, it's basically New York with a lighter scent of of, of urine smell. <laughs> <laughs> Like New York light. Yeah. Because it's a very busy city. It's go, go, go. Uh, busy as fuck. And yeah, everybody's in a hurry to go nowhere. Hmm. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just recently moved to the to sort of the uh, Australian countryside, which is, you know, they call it the hinterland. But it's like, um, it's uh, it's actually, it seems like second Sydney where I live because it's uh, Byron Bay. And it's okay. um, you get you got a lot of people coming here for holidays from from Sydney, so it does have sort of like there's a good exchange of people passing through, so it's not like anyone's ever really going to know your business, you know. So there's that, but um, you know I, I am living in the country at the same time, you know, and it's such a weird transition to go from like the city to like you know wherever all my convenience is to mm. now the countryside to where um, my car just recently broke down. It's at the mechanic. And now I can't really go anywhere <laughs> until my horseless carriage comes back. And so now, yeah, I'm just like stuck at home. But Well, it's not like you can get up, walk to the corner store when it's like three miles away, right? That's right. Yeah, I can't. Like, even if I, even if I were to take my bike out, it'd be kind of a, uh, kind of a journey, you know, a bit of a workout. It's like, ugh. Yeah. And actually, too, I tried doing like Uber out here and the Ubers here, they don't pick you up. They just like, they'll say, oh, where you, they're not supposed to know where you're going until they actually, you get in the car. So they'll call yeah. you before asking you where you're going. And then if you're not going where they're going, they'll cancel the ride. And you're like, damn it, I can't even get an Uber out here, you know? So just me and my thoughts. It's, it's not like you're in a, you see, if I was living like way, like way out of Toronto where it's still snow and cold up north, mm. you know, I string my two cats to the dog sled and be like, <laughs> mush, mush kitty, mush kitty, mush kitty, you know? <laughs> I got two cats. I'm a dog person that has two cats. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. ask me how this happened. Yeah. Like yeah, basically that's... my neighbor cat had a litter mm-hmm. and then he's like, I was like, okay, I'll take one cat. Like just to be a nice guy. I'll take, cause he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these cats. So I'm like, okay, I'll take one cat. He's like, well, here's two kittens and spend a week with and decide which one you want to keep. So now I have two cats. Oh yeah. Yeah. That happened to me is kind of, I mean, I have one cat and he, I found him in the bin and oh. I, I, he was, he, I think he fell in there cause he was a street cat, but he was only like four weeks old at the time and he couldn't get out. And I, and I felt like, um, his mother was around. So I felt like I sort of stole him from the mother. Um, and I tried to find the mom, but I couldn't find it. And then the guy had so many fleas on him when I took him to the vet and they all popped off and they gave him like this pill. 
and oh, okay. because I felt like he was taken and because he had so many fleas, his name is Liam Fleason. So <laughs> uh, my two are trouble and chaos, trouble and chaos. Nice. Yes. Cause they, yeah. and people are like, why'd you call him that? I'm like, hang out for a while. You'll see. Yeah. That's, <laughs> cat, that's a pretty good name for a cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much the truth. I just set up a, I set up like a, like a meditation space here in my house. And, um, and the cats turned it into his new scratching post. So he's, oh, okay. he's, he's getting use out of it. Mine too have just decided we own the place and he, we just let him live here. Yeah. <laughs> <We> just, <laughs> yeah. How my cats treat my house. Yeah. Yeah. They have that, they have that air about them. Don't they? They're like, you are my slave. You are my slave. I'm hungry now. Meow, meow. Yeah. Get up. Feed me. Meow, meow. It's yeah. like, cats. Yeah, pretty fucking, much. Fucking Liam will climb the uh, the screen door. I'm like, don't stop it! Don't climb the screen door. Like that's just like when he's telling me he's hungry. Like, Damn it! So I <laughs> so I have to have a self feeder out at all times just to make sure he doesn't act out. Pretty much, yeah. Little evil guy. I want to train him how to use the toilet because I just can't be bothered with this like cat box nonsense anymore. Really? You know. I mean, who needs a Zen garden when you have a litter box? Yeah, <laughs> just, I sit there with my little break, and I'll be like, "And peace, tranquility." And poop goes in the garbage. Yeah. Peace, tranquility. Poop goes in the garbage. I have a hard time trying to figure that out as well. Like, I just want to have like the perfect cat litter situation. I got stuff now that's flushable. It's like the, uh, it's like it's like sawdust kind of. Oh, okay. And then, uh, but the rest of it, I I don't know what, you know. I've, I've actually experimented. I should start like a whole podcast about cat litter because I've tried them all. I've tried like the, the, the clumping clay. There was one that was made out of tofu. Tofu. Why? Um, tofu. I, <laughs> yeah, it's tofu litter. Like, I'm not going to eat tofu. So why the hell am I making my cat shit? <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was the world's worst like litter. And the thing was, is that I feel like they were kind of joking about it because on the front of it, it was actually called the world's best litter. And I was like, Ooh, sold. And then I got it and it was the world's worst. So I think there was some sort of false. irony going on. False advertisement, false, false advertisement. advertisement for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> false advertisement. And now we explore an idea through an essay from the mind of curious Pete. Today shopping is hard. Shopping for cucumbers is especially hard. Shopping for cucumbers without looking like you're touching a bunch of penises is also difficult. Just listen to this essay about cucumbers and you'll understand what I mean. Last week I talked about how I hate buying toilet paper, but I actually hate buying two things. One is toilet paper, the other cucumbers. It's probably the most suggestive and girthiest vegetable to buy. Oh, I see you bought the Continental. Very large, sir. Very nice. Very penis-like. But just look at that large, girthy, dick-looking thing covered in plastic. Looks like a condom. And if you grab two of them, it looks like you're shaking two dicks in the air. Hey, honey, look, I'm making a salad. But all kidding aside... Cucumbers can be used in many other things besides gay salads. They can be used to make pickles. Let's see a show of hands. Who here just learned that a pickle is actually a cucumber? I won't judge you. Much.
Now, you probably just heard me drop the G word just now. I guess you can't say that anymore. But I agree with you. If what you're describing isn't gay, then you're right. It's not gay. If you keep saying, that's gay, that just means you have a low vocabulary in describing things. No, Harry, it's not gay. It's the rules of Monopoly. You don't pass go and you don't get $200. But you also owe me $1,500. You just landed on Park Place and it has a hotel on it. Anyhow, cucumbers. They look like little dicks and it's funny. I mean, melons are called melons. And the star of an east looks like the star of an ass. So next time you go shopping, act like you're 12 add two packs of blueberries on either side of the base of a Lebanese cucumber, and point it out to the nearest person in the shop and say, hey, look, blue balls. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, And it was uh, awesome talking to you and learning about your your past. And uh, I look forward to see more of what comes of uh, that filthy show. So do I. So do I. (laughs) Once the lockdown lines up, then things start going again, then I can get out and do shows and... Because right now I'm just spending the year going, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And hopefully shit gets back to normal. Yeah. And we're back. And, and hopefully one day I get to actually hop on a plane and go to Australia for a tour. Because I would like to see Australia because I've heard very good things. Mm. And yeah, maybe we'll see. It. Maybe we'll do this in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Because um I, I was doing it in person and now all, pretty much all of the podcasts are now like through Zoom. So, I mean, yeah. it's good because I can connect with people all over the place. Um, but yeah, if you ever come down this way, let me know. All right. All right. I will cool. do. And if you come to Canada, let me know. All right. I will. I will. Sweet. Sounds good, man. Right. Well, if anybody who's listening, make sure to uh, give a follow to uh, David Roy on, on uh, Instagram. And is uh, that Filthy Show, do they have any socials as well? Uh, that filthy show has a Facebook page and a YouTube site mm-hmm. um, and Google David DJ Roy. And that's when I come up um, because there's also, oh yeah. Uh, there's a couple of doctors named David Roy. There's a, there's a gay porn star named David Roy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not helping me out here. Mm, that's hilarious. Like I get it. It's a very simple name. So, and, and since I've been a kid, I've been called DJ. So it's David DJ Roy. All right. And yeah, some weird shit's going to come up. All right. I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon and see what I can find. All right, man. <laughs> let me know. Uh, link me when you when this comes up, because I like to promote it. Yeah, for sure. I'll uh, I'll tag you in it and I'll send it to you uh, on the side as well. All right. Thanks, man. All right. All right cool. Have All a right, good man. day. Is your day beginning or ending? Hey. Yeah. Is your day beginning or ending? Oh, it's uh, it's 11 in the morning. Oh, shit. All right. Well, you have a good day. I'm going to go watch some TV and go to bed. All right. Sounds good, man. Good chatting with you. We'll catch you next time. Talk to you later. See ya.